Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true life stories about sex told by audience members at Smut Slams around the world. Smut Slam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smut Slam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. there and welcome back. I am so excited to be bringing you the stories on today's episode of Your Life is Awesome. For those of you who are new to the scene, let me tell you what's happening here. Smut Slam, of course, is a community dirty storytelling open mic. We bring this sex positive event to places all over the world. And this podcast is where you get to hear all of that stuff. So even if you have a local smut slam that you go to on the regular, you're going to hear stories here on Your Life is Awesome that you have never heard anywhere. So excited. It's audience members, sustainably harvested, like eternally generated dirty stories from our own audience members. Oh, it gets so good. And today's episode is no exception. Now, I got to be upfront with you. This is from the stories recorded are from a smut slam that happened in June 2023. I was just starting my tour of Canada this last summer. It was a four month long tour. And I took Smut Slam to a lot of different cities along the way, recording those stories, getting people's consent and bringing those back. June 2023 was right at the beginning of that tour. Uh, I did one show in, in Montreal and then I flew no, I didn't fly, I, I, but it felt like I was flying because I was rushing from my final show in the Montreal Fringe Festival on a Saturday evening. I finished my show at something like 5 or 5.30, and then I had to catch a train, two-hour train ride to Ottawa, and I, I was panicking because that left me very little time on the other end. That's when the Smut Slam was going to be. So got in there, got on the train just in time, hurried out of Montreal, landed in Ottawa, took a taxi from the train station, and fucking got to the venue for Smut Slam with like 20 minutes before the audience got in. It was terrifying. But I'll be honest, my co-producer there in Ottawa, Helvetica Bold, they had everything going for them already. So it was it was a fine landing, but it was very scary. Um, somehow uh, I stepped right into the, the river of it and we pulled off an amazing fucking slam. You're going to hear this right now. Recorded again in Ottawa in June 2023. That was almost six months ago. In between the stories, of course, you're going to hear fuck buckets, which are uh, little segments where I draw anonymous confessions and questions from the fuck bucket. Does I don't remember what the bucket was. It could be a bucket, could be a basket, doesn't matter, not important. It's a vessel for containing people's anonymous questions and confessions. We have a good time with that. I hope you will too. Strap in. I'll see you on the other side. Hi everyone. So I had a story written out <laughs> that I realized I wasn't allowed to use. So I went into the bathroom and I uh, remembered what happened. Uh, this is a story that happened to me about in February, January-ish. I was hooking up with this girl that I met online and it was the first 
This is the first girl that I hooked up with when I moved to Ottawa last summer. And we've hooked up five times since then. It was the most successful, I guess, <laughs> in terms that it happened over and over again. And this was also the first girl with whom I ever felt really like myself. I've had two long-term partners, um, the longest of which was only about nine months, one of whom was a straight cis man, um, long before my own gender discoveries and gender journey. So with this person who I met last summer, uh, it was her birthday, and we were having sex in her room. She was surrounded by squishmallows. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that meme of Christian Bale just going at it, and the he looks over at the pile of squishmallows. That's kind of what it felt like. Just stilettos in the air. So we were hooking up and um, I was using my strap, but we couldn't get to that part yet because uh, we got to take our time. So uh, she asked me to finger her. And um, so we were one finger in and it was going very smoothly. And then uh, she asked me for another and I obliged happily. And by the, by the end of it, I was pleasantly surprised that she had orgasmed. And I think that's a, a really pleasant experience to feel that euphoria, that you've done that for somebody. And I think that was a huge part of my gender discovery, was this is, I just want to exist for your pleasure. I, thank you. I don't want you to perceive me, I don't want you to touch me, I don't want you to do anything to me. I want to be a vessel only for you, and that gives me pleasure. And with this person, she came first on my fingers, the second on my dick, and the third time on my dick. And <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt anything that beautiful before. And. It, throughout the entire experience, I noticed that I was asking her to say things to me that I'd asked. I was asking, she was asking me to say things to her that I had asked boys to say to me when I used to let them fuck me. And I never realized that the only reason I wanted to hear them say it was probably because I didn't know how to say it myself. And I'm still questioning it, but as of right now, that's what feels like I've been looking for the whole time. And by the end of it, it was the most enlightening experience. It felt warm, and for the first time, the warmth stayed afterwards, where all of my experiences with other men and with most of the women and feminine people that I'd been with, it would just dissipate immediately after, and I would feel just a pit of emptiness. And with this time, it just lasted forever, and... It was beautiful, and I think that was something that I'd really been missing, and I could, I'd felt so present for the first time, and I was so thankful that I got to share that with her and to feel that kind of surrender from somebody, I think is one of the most beautiful gifts that someone can give you, and to feel that expression of wanting to give someone something and have that be the gift that you give back to yourself. So with that, um, I was really going back to my notes here in my head. Um, it was by the end of it, and we had a quesadilla after. <laughs> Your mind is awesome! <laughs> I made those quesadillas. Yes! For her, for her birthday. And she texted me later and said they were the best quesadillas she'd ever had. And 
hoping that 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 the sex was all right too. But I think I think it was all right. So by the end of the evening, I descended the 15 floors from her apartment, and I I walked home with my dick in my backpack, and I had never felt so light and so handsome and so beautiful and so spiritual and holy and real for the first time and I smiled all the way home. Thank you. Personally, I've never judged at a smut slam, to be honest. I've done 12 plus years of smut slamming, never been a judge. But I'm like, I think about what are the things that I enjoy in a story, and one of them is like random details. <laughs> and it's interesting what people remember, and it's also interesting to watch the audience response. We're like, yes! How many people in the room also fantasize about multiple dudes <laughs> on one willing broad? I personally fantasize about 1940s slang <laughs> in my fuck hole. Um, like multiple dudes, like a gangbang is a fairly common thing, so you don't have to answer that. I know like this whole side of the room easily, so yeah. <laughs> Luck be a lady tonight. <laughs> when I said broad, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> What a dame! You gotta watch out for those broads, you know. I had sex in at least three different study rooms at my university. Do I hear four? Do I hear four? Four, going what? Three is the top one. So, uh, this is a story from about seven years ago, back when I was with my last old partner, before I discovered Polly. Uh, and we were trying an open relationship. It was a whole experience. Uh, but the whole thing went real rocky partway through, and I was feeling just the worst that I had in my entire life, just hated myself, hated my body, everything. This was pre-transition, everything. Hadn't figured it out. Um, and I went off with my friend out west to Sacramento, USA, for a heavy metal concert. Because, fuck it. <laughs> And that's basically how I took the entire weekend. It was a three-day festival, just went to every single show I could possibly see and didn't believe anything would possibly happen there. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> so during the very last day that I was there, I decided, hey, let's just say completely fuck it. Let's just let things go as they may take a single shot from the like bars that they have there and just go to the big big one, which was Tool. They had a huge <laughs> stage and these huge crowds all bustling, moving in and out as the concert's starting. It got huge. Uh, and I ended up in that, that wall between the mosh pit and everyone else uh, with just a couple people in front of me getting shoved back. Uh, and one of those people ended up being uh, quite nice. <laughs> uh, they, they, they enjoyed the fact that I was uh, protecting them at some point. Like, they ended up on the other side instead of being stuck in the mosh pit. Uh, and 
kind of just started enjoying things out there. Uh, right in the middle of the crowd. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the first day I believed that. <laughs> uh, so she was, uh, I, don't, I don't even remember very well anymore, but this was a one night thing. Uh, she just started getting close to me. I started touching. She moved my hands places. It's one of the reasons I know it was very consensual. <laughs> uh, and I thought that I was just going to do terrible everything. No, no, she definitely liked it quite a bit. <laughs> uh, no one but me heard the screams, but... <laughs> uh, but the best part about this whole story is that you'd think that's where the story ends with all of that, and like, that's cool and all. But you get drunk and excited, or a little drunk and excited at a show, uh, start trying to chase the girl, even though you're there with your friend. Uh, maybe do not the smartest ideas ever. Uh, maybe take the stuff that you have in a locker and leave the, the place. Uh, and have your friend texting you, like, where the hell are you? Stuff like that. Just being an idiot, basically. Uh, I ended up just petting some grass somewhere. Uh, and he finds me, it's just like, oh, okay, you're just an idiot, that's fine. I thought he was going to be furious. But anyway, uh, we talked about that the entire ride home, uh, and the only other person that we had any kind of interaction like that with was the Nebraska cow, which is just the strangest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> and that's about it. Thank you very much. Not at all shocked by music festival shenanigans. I'm more laughing about going to Sacramento <laughs> for the good stuff, which it shouldn't surprise me, but it does make me laugh. All right. I'm, I'm not sure what this means. They put it in quotes. I've crossed the streams. Is that pissing? Crossed the streams with a city park water fountain and hung upside down from the Carlton metal tree. <laughs> Both buck naked. Okay. <laughs> Living a charmed life out there. Real question, I hope so. Real question is squirting somewhat urine or all cum? Um, this is not controversial, okay? Like a lot of squirting comes out of the same general area as urine does, so there is going to be traces of urine. Um, so there's some like jizz for people with vaginas that is actually pure jizz. Um, it gets a bit messy and confusing down there, to be frank. Like when you're when you're when you're like just shooting out fluids, it's really hard to tell. Personally, my favorite answer to this question is like, who cares as long as you're enjoying it, right? It's warm, it's wet, it's delightful, go for it. So this story happened when I was 20. Uh, I was dating a wonderful person named Emily. We met at summer camp. Oh. We are both working there. Uh, Emily's incredible for, as a girlfriend. We were super flirty and then just kind of turned into dating. Um, they're very kind, very gentle. They have an amazing voice. They 
loved to run in like the forest that surrounded the camp. Um, the thing is, it was a Christian camp that we were working at. That was a time of my life. <laughs> uh, and unsurprisingly, I was a Christian slut. <laughs> so that means I fooled around with like a few people. <laughs> Emily was a good Christian. Never had sex. Didn't say fuck. But also never had an orgasm because Christians don't talk about their yeah. bodies. So, I helped talk about their body. <laughs> and uh, we snuck away at night down to the water so that it can cover the sounds that we couldn't help but make. Uh, lots of kissing, heavy petting, um, but I was proud and adamant about not having penetrative sex beyond using my fingers because Jesus forgives that, I guess. <laughs> Um, so we kept it slow, we um, enjoyed ourselves, I gave Emily their first orgasm and we snuck away more often after that. <laughs> and summer went on, uh, at the end of it, we're love struck and young, so we say yes, we will have a long distance relationship as we go to different schools. They go up north to Sudbury, study some science, up in uh, northern Ontario, and I go to Saskatchewan. To study the Bible. <laughs> um, long distance is awful. Skype sex is worse. Uh, and I had to see them, so I book a 40-hour Greyhound one way to visit for Christmas break. A couple of first provinces, real boring, real flat. <laughs> Um, but we're texting the whole time, I'm on my flip phone, uh, and we're super excited to see each other. I get there, we hug, we kiss, we're holding hands, cuddling the whole time, um, until we get back to their place. I shower, uh, and it's late, so we go to sleep, um, we fall asleep cuddling, I wake up in the middle of the night, we're apart, I pull them close to me. It's, uh, wonderful. And we wake up in the morning, we're smiley, we kiss, we have breakfast in the sun, and the roommates leave. We're right back in the bedroom. And we were very excited to see each other. And uh, so we're making out and I lay Emily on the bed and they kiss me and they kiss me a little desperately. So I pull back. I tease them a little bit, just little touches here and there. And uh, I tell them how it feels so familiar to be back again, how I enjoy being close, that I, again, I tell them I love them and that they look so hot. And uh, hands start running very quickly up and down the bodies, uh, running my hand up her leg, a little higher, and we're sitting up on our knees, ripping clothes off hungrily. And uh, they get on all fours. And I can see, they arch their back, how wet they are. And they turn back to me, and they say, I want you to fuck me. I went wild on the inside. So much conflict. It was a very long moment. And I didn't fuck her. I have a lot of regrets in my life. <laughs> We're all disappointed. <laughs>
Instead, I did the good Christian thing and had oral sex and felt guilty about it afterwards. <laughs> big round of applause for anyone who's ever escaped any kind of conservative religion and is here tonight. You coming from the Muslim household? I was raised Mormon. Aw, oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck those old farts. Anyway. scissor <laughs> very awkwardly um I never personally when I was like sleeping with other women I never I never got that much out of it my feeling was basically you're just trying to grind grind up your bits against the other person's body and so this feels like, oh, that makes sense. It's interlocking. But th these are not fingers. These are legs and people's bellies. And like, you know, you know, it's a body mechanic. I don't think scissoring is that great. Just like I think 69 is highly overrated for the same reasons. Body mechanics are not like that. Um, but uh, uh, there are, of course, going to be videos online. How do you scissor? Put that in your search machine there. Um, <laughs> I love being called a good girl. There's a little heart next to it. Aww. Ah, okay. Ah, yes. Okay. I'm going to tell a story about uh, my lovely girlfriend. We also have a show together. So <laughs> this is great marketing. Okay. Um, and basically, uh, I was living in Victoria for the summer. And this was like a really hard summer. This was like the year of our relationship and we really were like being so dramatic because we were like missing each other's birthdays for the first time, missing our like one, no, I guess it was like whatever, one year anniversary. And so we were like, oh my God, like this is like Aww. gonna be so hard. And so we were gone for like four months apart and um, my partner had like the worst job ever. It was a mosquito exterminator. And would bike around and like put little pesticides in the storm drains to kill the mosquitoes. How you like control West Nile virus? Um, and so that was. <laughs> and I was living my dream life out in Victoria. I was working at a lighthouse as a historical interpreter. I was wearing cute little dresses all day, and I was just like hanging out with all these beautiful animal friends. Like guys, BC is so beautiful, and like the ocean is awesome. Like there's so many cool creatures that live there. And it's so exciting. So I was having a great time. Um, and so there was all this build up and we'd like been like sending letters. Like we've been like super sapphic. We've just been like, <laughs> we've been like taking the opportunity to like really like make it all like a big theatrical thing. Um, but Maggie wasn't doing well, sorry. Uh, my partner wasn't doing well. <laughs> okay, it's okay, it's okay, sorry. Like, okay, we know, anyway, sorry. Um, and then basically, <laughs> so Maggie wasn't doing well. Maggie was eating back 
after cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and this is like not good. This is not a good sign because Maggie l makes like amazing food, makes spa, makes just like just beautiful, beautiful meals, and so Vector cereal is not it. It's not it. Um, and so basically came to visit me in Victoria. We were like, oh my god, this is amazing. So happy to see you. And then we had this like whole lovely week together, and we were like, it was also kind of like um, as things were kind of starting to open up again, and we were like, we didn't really get to do like like a lot of things in lockdown because we were like a new couple, and so we're like, let's go to the movie theater. Like this is gonna be awesome. And so we decided to see Space Jam, and I was like, I was like, oh my god, like. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay, basically, um, there's like, there's like, oh my god, babe, it would be so fun if we like, came in the movie theater, like, that'd be like... <laughs> and so, we watched Space Jam. <laughs> and I mean, Maggie, come like, right at the end of the movie. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really awesome. And um, and then we also talked a lot about like our future and what it would look like to be like living in different places, like on the walk home. And it was just like a really like emotional trip. And so that was like those were some highlights of it for sure. Um, and that's the end of my story. <laughs> so. I personally find that kids' movies late at night are the best places to fool around. I had sex, penetrative sex, to Bolt the Wonder Dog. Yeah. Second to last row. Um, oh boy. How can I enjoy porn and still be a feminist? Well, you choose ethical porn. You choose ethical porn. You choose porn where they're being paid fairly. You choose, you choose porn showing things that you like, and you go ahead and like use your buying power to show what you like. You choose porn. Look, it's just a visual thing. It's like going to a museum, but they're fucking, right? Like it's like you're, you're looking. You look. It's just it's it's just a thing to to enjoy watching. You can absolutely be a feminist and still enjoy porn. Be submissive. Um, any of that stuff. Like it's 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 about like who are you dealing with when you do these things, and how are you feeling about yourself. So it's very easy. Oh, no, I won't say it easy. Finding ethical porn is sometimes challenging, but the concept of being a feminist and a porn positive feminist is not is not strange. You can do this. I support you in your search. Thank you. Um, okay, so actually, it's really funny that you just said someone bad, bad at doing blowjobs. Um, because my story is about sucking cock. Um, and before I tell it, I wanted to just kind of talk about how cocksucker is an insult. And I don't understand that because everyone I know who has a cock really wants someone to suck it. Yes. So like cocksucker should be like the highest praise, I think. Like it's like you're such a, you're such a beautiful cocksucker, you know? It should be a great thing. Um, but uh, I am not uh, a great cocksucker. Um, that is because my jaw only opens this wide. Like literally, you could come up, up here and try to pry it open and it doesn't go any further than that. 
But luckily, uh, I met someone in university who was the perfect fit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was like this perfect little lollipop that fit right into my mouth. And uh, one time, okay, so I should preface this by saying this is my most wildly embarrassing story, so bear with me. So one time I am uh, giving head to this person, and uh, when I got to the ooey gooey center of the lollipop, if you know what I mean, I, um, my gag reflex just kicked in and I vomited all over his dick. <laughs> Yeah, it was the most shameful experience of my life. Um, so, yeah, it happens. Um, he was totally on cloud nine, thinking that it was just his hot, sticky liquid. So he was just like laying back, happy as pig and shit. Um, and I was freaking out, like losing my shit, running back and forth to the bathroom to get like wads of toilet paper and try to like clean up the mess. Um, yeah, just losing my mind. But then uh, finally he was like, what is wrong with you? Like, what is going on? Cause I'm like crying and like swearing, I'm, like what the fuck, fuck, whatever. Um, and so he asked me what's wrong. And I'm like, I, I puked on your dick, man. Like, and uh, he was, I, I thought he was gonna dump me and like kick me out of his apartment, but he was like super cool about it. He was like, well, let's just jump, jump in the shower. So, you know, he wiped my tears while I cleaned the vomit out of his pubes. <laughs> and uh, we lived happily ever after for the next little while. <laughs> Oh my gosh, newish to both Ottawa and dating. Frankly, the rest of this does not sound like you're new to dating, but okay. <laughs> I unexpectedly, <laughs> I unexpectedly found myself hooking up with someone in the city before I'd even done a load of laundry. <laughs> oh my goodness, how did that happen? Someone knows a little bit about a little bit, unexpectedly. Whoops! Just planted my face in someone's ass. Um, wow. I love making porn for my slutty, not safe for work bisexual Discord server. It's okay if you don't know some of the words in that. Discord server, I'm on a few, but like, frankly, I hadn't thought about that application. Well done. <laughs> the kids are all right. <laughs> okay. <gasps> Got caught in the car by the cops. Okay, we can boo the cops right now. All cops are bastards and some of them are spoil sports as well. All right. Fuck the cops. All right. Oh. This is wholesome. This is wholesome perverts. This is legit. Like, my whole polycule is so fucking hot. And they have made me realize that I am too. Awesome, and so is your polycule. So, like all good sex stories, my story starts with a five day COVID quarantine. 
Day one and two, I mostly slept. It was fine. Day three, started getting really horny. Day four, started getting really horny and texting people. I texted all the sexy people I know. Hypothetically, orgy? And they all responded, hypothetically, yes? So, group chat, right? I just want to sidebar real quick here. If I know you and you didn't get one of those texts, I probably still think you're sexy. I'm just also intimidated by you. So, planning an orgy is a lot of work. There's a pre-meet, there's a pre-meet to the pre-meet, there's spreadsheets, there's conversations. You gotta talk about your kinks, your hard limits, who's doing meal prep, <laughs> dietary restrictions, which Airbnb are you renting? Are you going with the really fancy one that everyone thinks is probably a scam? Are you going with the one that looks like I might have a jacuzzi? Wow. By the airport. <laughs> We choose that one, we pick a date, my 30th birthday, pure coincidence. I may have suggested the date. And three months later, we're all there, sitting around the table, having dinner. Everyone's had a really rough week at work. There's some nice conversations. People are connecting, but it's not sexy at all. We remember the jacuzzi. We need an excuse to get naked. We go up to the bathroom. There's not a jacuzzi. We check the listing. There was no mention of a jacuzzi. We imagined this in our head. We saw a photo of a bathtub and we just exaggerated. So 12 people each kind of figure out how many limbs we can fit into a bathtub. And things escalate. And soon, we're an anonymous writhing mass on the bed. Your life is awesome! <laughs> I am protecting the anonymity of the people in the story, so there are two characters. There's me, there's anonymous writhing mass. <laughs> what I quickly realize as a spectator is that, you know, there's different emotions that can come up when you're watching people you care about having sex. Sometimes it's jealousy. Sometimes it's envy. In my case, it was an overwhelming question of where do I put my hands? Because like this is way too casual. This is loitering at the bus stop sort of thing. This is really closed off and you want to show people you love them. I understand voyeurism now. I get why you hide behind like a curtain. I didn't before. What we didn't realize is that sex very generously might last three hours, tops. We booked the Airbnb three nights, two days. <laughs> so the next afternoon, we did the only thing that made sense, and we put on the movie Shrek. <laughs> Thank you. I once dated a man who referred to vaginas as lady business. <laughs> I once dated a man once is what I hope this is what this means. Dropped him. Like a very cold potato. Um, 
I have a thigh-high sock fetish and felt odd when I wore a striped pair on my arms for a dance costume. <laughs> Just feeling tingly all up there to my shoulders. Um, let's see. How long is the average erection? The problem here is I don't know if you're talking about time or length. <laughs> Lengthwise, the average penis when erect is between 5.1 and 5.9 inches. This is world, this is world statistics. That's the average kind of space that occupies. 5.1 to 5.9 inches. How long it average erection? I feel like that's that, that the length of time question is gonna be dragged down by a bunch of like 15-year-old kids, like just, <laughs> just done in like a minute. If that, 30 seconds. Yeah, I don't know what that, I hope that was the question about like length. Um, <laughs> I don't get that many perks with this job, but one of them is I get to see it before anybody else. And so I get to react uh, however the fuck I want. COVID caused us to miss out on a three-way in the toilets of the Supreme Court. There is time to like go back and fix that omission. <laughs> Good heavens. Wow. I was there and I still got blown away by all that. So <laughs> I can only imagine y'all just taking a sip of water right now and bringing yourself back to this timeline. Uh, I just love, I just love catching up on these smut slams and I love what our audience members fucking bring to the table. I know that a lot of people, you know, ask me like, oh, you don't curate at all. How do you know that you're going to get a good show? It's like, I just know. I trust in the depth and breadth and absolute corkscrewiness of human sexual experience to bring us some really astounding, wonderful stories for Smut Slams all over the world. And of course, this podcast. I want to thank in particular, well, I mean, thank you for listening along. Uh, go ahead and catch your breath. While you are, I'll just want to give out a shout to my Canadian, um, what would you say, Canadian collaborators in Ottawa, my co-producer there and longtime host of the Ottawa Smut Slam, that is Helvetica Bold, of course. They have been with me for like years now. Pandemic, of course, has gotten in the way, but I know for a fact that they are planning on relaunching that at some point in 2024. So keep your eyes peeled for that and Montreal. Also want to thank the Ottawa Fringe Festival, which made space in its programming for an opening weekend show of of smut slam we we got a lot of amazing people in fr from the fringe festival community and uh thanks thanks to everyone there for making that possible please remember at this time at this time of year to join our patreon we're not a non-profit organization but we are definitely like yeah, we're definitely a low-budget organization, so your support of the show helps us keep this going. It gets you access to episodes early for four euros a month only. If you go ahead and sign in for nine euros a month, you're going to get the extended uncut episode. So you get more fuck buckets. You get more stories. We're thinking about launching a special advice service. I don't know. I'll let you know the details on that, but... If you join our Patreon, you will be the first to know what's going on there. It's all right there at patreon.com 
Your life is awesome, all spelled out. Now, we've got upcoming shows for the rest of December. Of course, most of the Western Christian world closes down for December, but uh, we've got stuff going on until the middle of the month. Upcoming, we have a December 12th show in Copenhagen, December 15th in Cardiff, and December 18th in Berlin. Please join us there if you are at any of those locations or let your friends know they should come out. If you want to see other shows by me, hang tight. I am working on getting my solo show Muse, a an experiment in storytelling and life drawing, getting that show to festivals around Europe starting in the latter half of of 2024. It's going to take some time, folks, but I am determined. I am determined to make it go. So you should find me on Facebook, Cameron Moore. That's C-A-M-E-R-Y-N-M-O-O-R-E. You can also just follow me on Instagram as well. So I let people know what's going on. Follow me there. Get on social medias. It's all good. Uh, Thanks so much for listening along today. And wherever you are, whatever you do, Just remember, your life is awesome. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seestedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smutslam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about SmutSlam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening.